And we're doing a series called Creating uh, the Right Atmosphere. And atmosphere has to do the, with the mood or it has to do with the tone of a place. Many people have walked in here and said, Man, when I walked in here, I sensed the love of God and I felt the presence of God. That may be your testimony and I'm glad that you're still here. So you and I have a big part to play on what kind of atmosphere that we're going to walk in. The enemy cannot dictate to us what kind of a day we're going to have. The enemy who is the prince of the power of the air is not our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. Amen. So we're living in the world, but thank God, how many of you know, we're not of the world. And so number one, we looked last week that praise and worship will create the right kind of atmosphere for us to live in. We looked at David, how David shifted his atmosphere with praise. And you and I can do the same exact thing. Today I want to talk to us about our attitudes. Did you know that your attitude can create the right atmosphere of your life? Years ago, I read something in one of John Maxwell's books, and he said, Attitude, its roots are inward, but its fruits are outward. It's our best friend or our worst enemy. It's a thing which draws people to us or repels them. It is the librarian of our past. It is the speaker of our present, and it is the prophet of our future. Attitude is extremely important. I want to take as a text this morning from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And I want you to notice with me verse 21 through 23 to begin with. It says, If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth that is in Jesus. Now notice this statement. That you put off the former conversation or the former behavior. This is talking about putting off the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and then notice verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now the Amplified says it this way, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Everyone say attitude. God's Word translation says, you were taught to have a new attitude. The voice translation says, let God renew your attitude and your spirit. Now notice with me in verse 24 of Ephesians chapter uh, 4, we're talking about putting off the old man, putting away old attitudes, and putting on the new man. In verse 24, let's read it together. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So what is the Apostle Paul getting at? What is he talking about? He's not talking about natural clothes. He's talking about us putting on something supernaturally. He's telling us to put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and in true holiness. The new man is the new you on the inside of you. If any man be in Christ, what is he? He is a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Now notice with me, it is not God's responsibility for me to put off and to put on. It is my responsibility. 
I believe what the Lord is saying to us this morning. It's time to change clothes. So what does that mean? When you talk about putting off the old man and putting on the new man, it could mean for some of us, change your lifestyle. Change the way you think. Change the way you talk. Change your direction. How about this one? Change who you're hanging out with. Change what you're listening to. Change what you're watching. Change the kind of books that you're reading. Paul said this, you're going to have to change. Hallelujah. I believe this, you and I can put off and put on. You see, it's time for many of us to change our clothes. Why is that? Because the old man's clothes are stinky. The old man's clothes are dirty. And so what we do is we put on some new clothes on this new man. We have a fresh spiritual attitude. We have a fresh mental attitude, not based on psychology, but based on wordology. So then the question would be is, how then do we do this? How do we do it? Well, we're going to do it by something happening in our mind. Something needs to happen in our thinking. Something needs to happen in our speech. The way we walk, the way we talk, and the way we think determines the altitude that we can soar to in our lives. You've probably all heard this phrase, your attitude will determine your altitude. And so what this is talking about is this is talking about change. I remember George Amaral did a message on renewing the mind years ago, and he said the change starts at the top. Change starts at the top. You see, transformation and change are the same thing. Now I want to read the Passion Translation of verse 24 in Ephesians. And it says, And be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with Him. I've got a question for you. Where else have we seen the word transformed? Where else have we seen the word transformed? Now you guys are scriptorians, aren't you? You know where we see it? We see it in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Now, if you don't know where that verse is, just write it down and look it up. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says this, that we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed. Everyone say changed. Now, notice the rest of this phrase. By the entire renewal of our mind by its new ideals and what else and its new attitudes God has given us new clothes we can have a new attitude and in 2020 we can have a new atmosphere so we put on this new man by the renewal of our mind How many of you know in your own heart, it's time for some new clothes? 
I believe this, that God has a dress rehearsal going on. And this dress rehearsal is on earth. But oh, when we get to heaven, it's going to be so awesome. But we don't wait till we get to heaven to be clothed or to be endued with power from on high. We don't wait till we get to heaven to put off the old man. We put off the old man here and now and put on the new man. And you see, God wants his children to be dressed in designer clothes. He wants us to be dressed and clothed in the very presence of God and in the very glory of God. Why is that? Because he wants to show his church off. I said he wants to show his church off. He's putting on a fashion show. No, we're not going to strut down an aisle and have everybody look at us. No, we know where we came from. But we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to be clothed in the glory of God. And we're going to point people to Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. You know where you came from. But thank God he's clothed you with a robe of righteousness. And now you can walk as God walked. You can talk as God talked. You see, he's putting on a show. Not only for the ages to come, but he's putting on a glory fashion show right here, right now. And he wants his sons and his daughters who are sons and daughters of glory to arise and shine in this hour and be filled with his glory and filled with his power. Amen. And so... We can say, as we're clothed in his clothes, we can say, it's not me, but look what the Lord has done. God wants us to change clothes. In Romans, I think it is, in verse 13, in verse 14, notice what it says. Read it with me. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. How many of you know, when we wear Jesus, we look a lot better wearing Him. Amen? So what this is saying is clothe yourself in the presence of God. And the presence of God will enable you to walk in such a way that when lust comes and temptation comes, you won't yield to it because you're so clothed with Jesus and you're so clothed with the presence of God. Amen? Now... Understand this. His clothes that he gives us were extremely expensive. And he designed them to look good on us. But he needs our cooperation. He needs our cooperation. We need to cooperate with him. You know, I can remember as a young Catholic boy, them trying to put that uniform on me. I didn't like it. You know, the girls wore a certain color and the guys wore a certain color. And they gave us red ties. I mean, at least they could have done was give us a blue tie. I like blue better than red, as you can tell. And uh, I can remember them wanting me to put on those big old heavy set corduroys and that blue shirt. I didn't like it. I was not cooperating with mom. But as you all know, mama always wins. Especially when she's got soap in the bathroom to clean your mouth out with. 
And so a lot of God's children, they're hesitant to put on these clothes. Uh, They kind of like the way things are. They, they, they like their life the way it is. I, I, I'm comfortable in these clothes. I, I've, I've, grown, I've grown accustomed to these clothes. Um, God's got a better way. I said, God's got a higher way. He's got some designer clothes just for you and for me. Now notice with me in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 4. This is a great verse here. And he answered... And spake unto those that stood before him. And he said this. Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said. Behold I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. And I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. Hallelujah. The amplified version says this. I will clothe you with rich apparel. The kind of apparel that God clothes us with is rich. The kind of clothing that God clothes you with is prosperous clothing. God's dressing us up in prosperity for this day and this hour. Now there's different kinds of clothes the Bible tells us to put on. And you probably know some of them. Number one, there's the robe of righteousness. The robe of righteousness. For you see, he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I cannot access and pray fervently at the throne of grace if I'm dressed in my own robes. My natural robes are filthy. When I came to Christ, those robes came off and he put a robe of righteousness on me. But even though many of God's children have been, have the robe of righteousness made available to them, they resist that because they live under a cloud of condemnation. So instead of having a robe of righteousness on, they've kept on the old man, which is a robe of condemnation. And as long as we live under a cloud of condemnation, we'll never be able to access the throne of grace and to pray fervently for our needs, much less the needs of this nation. Here's what I want you to see. Condemnation is the confidence killer. And in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation is now a thing of the past. Remember our text, old things are what? Passed away. So in that sense then, access is denied because of insecurities. And so that's why we have taught for years and years the value of knowing who you are in Christ. The value of finding scriptures, putting them in your heart, amen, and then speaking them out of your mouth, not just when you have a need, but as a way of life. When you speak God's word continuously, it'll continuously create the right atmosphere for you to live in. Amen. You know, I was uh, ministering to a, a young Greek guy in his 20s, 
the last couple of weeks. And it's so wonderful to be able to, to share with him some of the truths that I've embraced for so many years. You know, it's awesome when people hear the word for the first time and when they have an ear to hear. I mean, his ears are wide open. And just as we share, just one-on-one, just sharing scriptures, sharing who you are in Christ, I could see his eyes lighten up. I could see that he was getting it, and it was going to change his life forever. The atmosphere of that young man's life will be changed forever as he stays in the Word. And so this is why we, we, we absolutely are strong in taking God's Word and believing God's Word and speaking God's Word. It's so important to know who we are to what we, and know what we have and where we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's try it on for size right now. Say it with me. I am, I am the, righteousness the righteousness of God in Christ. God in Christ. I, am I am radiant with joy. Radiant. I, am I am a productive branch. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. I am an heir of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror. See, just just as we spoke that right now, some of you woke up. Just as we spoke that right now, there's a shift in this room. There's a shift. See, there's a shifting that can take place in a church service and change the very atmosphere. If a shifting can take place in a church service and change the atmosphere in a church service, a shifting can take place in your living room. I said a shifting can take place when you get a bad report. Why? Because you're not moved by the bad report because you've already got the good report. And the good report always overcomes the bad report. You've chosen not to be overcome with evil, to be overcome by the power of God. Amen. And so there's a, there's a shifting, there's an atmosphere change in the Thomas household when we speak God's word. When we say what God's word says. When we take God's word that he promised that he would supply all of our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When we shout and dance and proclaim that he's El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough, that's taken us into the land of promise. I'm telling you, there's a shifting that takes place right in our home. And God's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And that's how we cooperate with Him. We cooperate with Him by utilizing the force of faith and the measure of faith that He's put on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Woo, glory to God. I'm starting to preach myself happy. Hallelujah. Put on the garment of praise. Put off the garment of depression. Put on the power of the Holy Spirit and be clothed and be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. How about this one? Put on your glory clothes. What do you mean my glory clothes? Your glory clothes is what God said to you in Psalm 8, 5, where he says, you have been crowned with glory. You have been crowned with the presence of God. Hallelujah. 
Say with me, I'm wearing, I'm wearing. my glory robe today. Woo, hallelujah. I'm wearing the glory of God. Then begin to walk like and talk like and honor God in your life. Walk like a child of God with humility. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 5, to be clothed with humility. Why is that? Because God resists the proud. I don't want God resisting me, do you? I want God with open arms saying, Hello, Mark, what do you need today? Well, Father, I've just come to pal with you. I've just come to worship you. Oh, you don't know how much that thrills my heart when my children just come to the throne of grace to love me and to fellowship with me. Amen. So be clothed with humility. Put off the garment of depression. Put on the garment of praise. Here's another area that we need to make sure that we're putting on. Put off strife. Put off bitterness. Let it go. Let go of all anger. Let go of all wrath. Let go of all malice. Put those things off, but put on the love of God. What do you mean put on the love of God? That means let the love that's on the inside of you work its way to the outside where it can be seen and where it can manifest. Because truly, the love of God in you, flowing through you, is the bond or the mark of perfection or true maturity. You know this? You're getting real mature in God when you're walking in love. You're getting very mature in God when they talk about you behind your back and you find out about it. And instead of you taking them out of town, tying them to a tree and trying to cast devils out of them, you just praise God in the middle of it and pray for them and say, God, you do your thing in their life in Jesus name. The bond of love, the bond of perfection. Amen. So we're talking about putting on some new clothes. Everyone say new clothes, new clothes. a new attitude, yes. and a new atmosphere. Yes. God loves it when his people get dressed up. He loves it when we put on the armor of God. He loves it when you and I walk in these new clothes. Amen. So put on new clothes by renewing your mind. Now listen to this, and we've been talking about it. And by acknowledging who you are in Christ. Renewing the mind and then acknowledging who you are in Christ. Acknowledging is another word for confessing. In other words, making declarations. Philemon verse 6 says this. I can quote it for you. I don't know if we have it there. There we go. Let's read it together. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing. Here's what Paul says to us. You need to acknowledge or to put on the things that are true about you in Christ Jesus. Now, how many of you have ever gone to a restaurant and your presence was denied because you weren't dressed appropriately? You know, a lot of times, you know, restaurants require a coat and a tie. Fine restaurant dining places used to be that way. They're not so much that way anymore. 
But in a lot of eating establishments, you will see no shirts, no shoes, no what? No shirt, no shoes, no service. Listen very carefully. God will not, He will not give us access to certain places in the Spirit and certain places in the harvest until we get certain clothes off of us. And oftentimes people say, God, why don't you, why don't you let me in on some of those things? Why don't you let me in? I want to get in. I want to get in. And God says, I'm sorry, I can't let you in dressed up like that. How many of you know that there's a spirit of the world? There's a worldly spirit. And I'm sorry to say that the spirit of the world has gotten into the church. Now, I'm not talking about this church per se, but the spirit of the world runs rampant in the body of Christ when people lose reverence. When it becomes more about giving out prophecies to everybody and wearing our skinny jeans and nothing against skinny jeans, I'd wear them if I could, I just can't. When it becomes more about latte and coffee in the sanctuary than it does the glory of God and the word of God being first and foremost, something is not right. Now, I'm not judging other people and I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. But for this house, one of our house rules is coffee in the foyer, Jesus in the sanctuary. And it's very easy for the spirit of the world to get into the church. And that's why we must be watchmen on the wall to make sure that we're walking very cautiously and we're walking like humble priests before the Lord our God. Because He, in fact, is a God of reverence. You know, Brother Hagin was asked many years ago, and uh, the question was asked to him, why in the world, why, why is what's, why today, why are things not happening today like they did when you were in your 30s and 40s? They had some moves of God in the voice of healing. They had some moves of God in the, in the, in the healing revival. I'm telling you, folks, mighty moves of God. Brother Hagin says that's easy. He said the church has lost its reverence for God. In other words, it's easy for the church just to kind of go along with the spirit of this age and the spirit of the world and just put the spirit of God in a back room. We don't want anybody speaking in tongues. We, you know, we don't want anybody hooping and hollering. Hey, hoop and holler all you want to, just so you hoop and holler at the right time. Yeah. Clap all you want to, just so you clap at the right time. Express your love for God all you want to. Just make sure that while you're doing it, you're not being a distraction to other people that are trying to keep their eyes on God. Boy, is that good preaching or what? And so anyway, (laughs) I'm not the judge. My name is not Flip Wilson. But what we need to do is take the old way of thinking off. Take off those old attitudes. 
Put on some new clothes. Put on the new man. Come on, somebody. It's a new day. I think we need to forget what we used to be. Forget what's happened to us. And walk in the reality of this new creation. Oh, but Pastor Mark, I tell you what. I'm just waiting on God to do something about my situation. Here's what he says to that. I've already done something 2,000 years ago, and the closet is full. Do you get it? The closet is full. Go in that closet and put on the new man. Put on your garment of praise. Go in that closet and put on your strength. Put on your healing. Put on the anointing and put on prosperity. I saw some things this morning as I was shaving. You know, God can talk to you while you're shaving. And the lady said, I don't shave. God can talk to you while you're getting ready. And and I believe this, that there are, to put it in words is difficult, but there are places that he wants to take us. There's places he wants to take you. He wants to take us, for example, from faith to, from strength to, from glory to, from glory to glory. So with God, there's always a movement that he wants in our lives. With God, there is no end. In God and with God, there is always a coming up higher. Do you sense that in your spirit? How many of you just know in your heart that there's more? There's just more. There's more ground. There's there's more territory. There's more that God wants to do in your family. There's more that God wants to do in your finances. Amen? There's there's more that God wants to do uh, with harvest concerning this church. There's more. Everyone say there's more. Shout it with me. There's more, there's more, there's more. There's always more with God. But I got to thinking about that illustration. How that proper attire is required for more. For more. And one of the things that, that came to me is this. Unless... Mark Thomas, Pastor Mark, puts on love as a way of life, then my faith will be short-circuited. In other words, faith gives us access into greater grace. Say it with me. My faith, my my measure of faith faith has been given unto me me and gives me access into greater grace. Does God have greater things? Does God have greater grace? The Bible talks about there's layers and layers. There's grace upon grace. Gift heaped upon gift. Woo, glory. Greater grace. He's given us faith to access that. But listen, what short circuits that is if we're not walking in love. Not walking in love And walking in our own way, holding on to bitterness, holding on to grudges, having unforgiveness in our life, just being uh, 
whiny baby, always in strife with somebody, somewhere, always having a bone to pick, that's not love. And the Bible says this, listen very carefully, that in order for my faith to work, in order for my faith to access this grace, I have to be walking in love. Why is that? Everyone say this, because faith worketh by love. So what I would do if I didn't see my faith working and my faith accessing great grace in my life, that's one area that I would look at. Have I been walking in love? Do I have anything in my own life? Do I have aught against someone? Amen? And then, of course, the Spirit of God will show you. He doesn't show you to condemn you, but He will show you to convict you. There's a vast difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is pointed out to us by the Spirit of God so that we can make the adjustments. Why would He want us to make the adjustments in that area? Because He's got greater things for us. He's got greater grace for us. Hallelujah. His grace is unlimited. So the proper attire then is necessary for us to have the right atmosphere for our lives. The other area that I thought of when I was getting ready this morning is we looked at that scripture, put it up there in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. It says this, to be clothed with what? Humility. Amen. Be clothed with humility. Why? Because God resists who? The proud. But what does he do? In other words, there's unlimited grace available for those who will humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. Amen. And not a false humility. Not a, oh, woe is me, I'm just a little worm. No, 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 no. How many of you know that you are neither inferior nor superior to anyone? You are one of one. You are God's masterpiece. You are one of one, and God has signed your life with His signature. That's awesome. And so, if I want then to move up to greater grace in my life, I've got to check that gate. I've got to make sure that I don't allow pride to get into my life and hinder me from being exalted. Somebody says, well, I don't have any pride. Yes, you do. We all deal with it. Every one of us deal with pride. You may not think you have pride in your life, but you do. Just ask the Holy Ghost to show you. And He'll show you. Again, not to condemn you, but to convict you. To correct you. Why? Because He's got some great things. Woo, glory to God. I said He's got some exaltation for His people. If you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He'll lift you up. He will exalt you in high time. But if you try to position yourself, if you try to promote yourself, if you start talking about how good you are and how many gifts you have and how God has used you here and how God has used you there, oh my, aren't you something? See, a humble person always points to Jesus. A humble, true biblical humility says, to God be the glory. Come on, somebody.
If you want greater grace in your life, if you want exaltation in your life, when anything good happens in your life, lift up your voice, lift up your hand and say, to God be the glory. Come on, let's give him some glory right now. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So no access denied for those who will put off the old man. No access denied to greater grace and greater things for those who will put on the new man. You talk about changing the atmosphere in your life. Your attitude will determine how far and where you can go in God. Amen. Glory to God. We already talked about the robe of righteousness. No robes of condemnation. Condemnation, your access will be denied. Say with me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory to God. Well, I got my introduction done. But I am done, so relax. That's a long introduction. Well, thank God you've got ears to hear. Are you glad you got ears to hear? Take heed how you hear. Take heed what you hear. For with what measure you meet, the value you put on what you hear, anytime and every time, no matter who's speaking, whether it be PT, PB, TK, or Brother George, whoever it is, or Pastor Nancy, take heed what you're hearing and value it. And choose to be a doer of God's word. And the atmosphere of your life will literally be changed. Listen to what Mr. Frankel said. He was in a a German concentration camp. Several of them. One of them was Auschwitz. He made it through that terrible time. Because he didn't let his hope down. He kept his hope alive. And here's what he said about attitude. He said the last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude. In any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way, to change your life, you must make a choice to take responsibility for your attitude and to do everything you can to make it work for you. He went on to say, your attitude truly can become a difference maker. And then he said, it's up to you. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Master. Glory to God. Oh, we bless your name today. Glory to God. Glory to God. For the Lord is good. Say that with me over and over again. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Let's say it again. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. One more time. For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Glory to God. Well, let's just pray just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this word that we've heard today. And we purpose in our heart to put off the old man and to put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and in true holiness. We put off negative attitudes. We put away the spirit of fear. And we put on the spirit of God and the spirit of faith. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today. 
We thank you, Lord, that you've got a closet completely full of armor and the robes of righteousness and the garment of praise. Let's do it right now. Let's put on the garment of praise. Amen. Go ahead and lift up your voice. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. 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 Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your hand over your heart right now and say this with me. Heavenly Father, I choose to put on love. You've given me faith that overcomes the world. And I'm asking you, sir, to check me in my love walk. Help me, Lord, to come up higher in the love of God. Say this with me. I humble myself out of the mighty hand of God that you may exalt me in due time. Holy Spirit, show me, reveal to me areas of pride that need to go in my life. I'm open, Lord, to your correction. I'm open to your direction for my life. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you. You know, they say that January 17th is ditch day. And what ditch day means that people ditch their New Year's resolutions. They go about 17 days, doing real good. And then they say, ah, it's, there's no use. Listen, if you've made the decision to lose weight and you ate an apple pie yesterday, hey, today's a new day. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. If you made a decision to, to exercise every day or every other day and you haven't moved a foot since the 1st of January, today's a new day. Don't ditch your dreams. There are some doors out there that God's opening for you and me in Jesus' name. I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be with you all as you are dismissed today.